This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. There is some promising news to report at the start of Bladder Cancer Awareness Month, the month of May. For the first time in more than 30 years, a new treatment is available for Canadians living with bladder cancer. And before we discuss, I want to mention that I am a research advocate for Bladder Cancer Canada in honor of my mom, Sandy, who died of the disease five years ago this past Monday. Joining me in studio is bladder cancer survivor and research advocate Ferg Devins. Welcome, Ferg. Thank you, Jane. Great to be here. And on the line is Dr. Srikala Sridhar, a medical oncologist at Princess Margaret Cancer Center. Welcome to you, doctor. Thank you, Jane. You've played a role in the clinical trials of the new treatment. Tell us about this exciting news. Yes, uh, exactly. For the first time, we do have uh, a new drug approved in the treatment of advanced bladder cancer. Uh, the new drug is part of a class of drugs which target the immune system and, and help the immune system to better recognize the cancer and in that way uh, kill the cancer or at least shrink the, the tumors uh, caused by the cancer. Uh, the benefit of this new class of drugs in addition to working against the cancer is they tend to be really well tolerated, which for our patients is, is a really big benefit. Doctor, at what point in the treatment would uh, these drugs be introduced? That's a really good question. So we have been using chemotherapy for many years to manage this disease, and it is a chemosensitive disease. So it's important to remember that we're not throwing chemotherapy completely out the window just yet. So for patients with metastatic disease, that's bladder cancer, that's spread to other organs in the body who have had our standard first-line platinum-based chemotherapy, and then the disease has progressed, this is one group for whom this new treatment could be applicable. Um, And it's important that patients ask their doctors and and ask if it's appropriate uh, to be receiving this treatment or perhaps another treatment, but but that's where the discussion should start. Is it possible for this drug to cure metastatic bladder cancer or just improve quality of life or length of life? I think it has the potential to do a couple of things. We're still in our early days with this drug. What we're seeing is that this drug is able to shrink cancers in a proportion of patients. We're seeing response rates in the range of about 15 to 20% with this class of drugs, which of course means that there are some patients who still will not respond to these treatments. When they do work, they can prolong the duration of, of response, meaning patients can stay in a good state for a long time. And in a few patients, they actually have what we call a complete response, meaning the disease disappears completely, um, although we don't yet know if at some point the disease will recur. So again, it's not working in everybody, but in those who it is working, it does seem to do a good job and it's well tolerated. Well, and that's certainly much more promising than uh, what was the case before when once the the, the cancer had spread, it was just a matter of time before death. Mm-hmm. 
Good news. Good news. Mm -hmm. If you have any questions for uh, Dr. Sridhar, uh, your calls are welcome today on Zoomer Radio. We're talking about bladder cancer during Bladder Cancer Awareness Month. Uh, You may have some questions. We definitely want to talk about the main symptom, and that is blood in the urine. 416-360-0740. Toll free. 1-866-740-4740. Let's get to Ferg's story. And Ferg, I've had you on Zoomer Radio before, uh, but for those who haven't heard, uh, your journey with bladder cancer. Right. Well, I was diagnosed back in January of 2015 uh, with bladder cancer. Um, I got it very early. I had, I'd always had a bad back, and I had a different sensation in my back. I went to my doctor. My doctor did a uh, an ultrasound. Nothing showed up in the ultrasound. Then I was off to see my acupuncturist, and my acupuncturist worked me over and said, there's still something in there. You've got to go back to your doctor and ask for more tests. So I had a CT scan, and lo and behold, Something showed up in the CT scan in the bladder. So I was off to Sunnybrook Health Sciences Center where I was in to see the urologist. And this was all within weeks. I mean, it's a fabulous system, our healthcare system. And uh, I was then uh, in for a cystoscopy, which is they go up uh, through the penis and the urethra uh, into your bladder with a camera. And voila, the doctor said, my friend, you need an operation. So March of 2014, I had two tumors removed of non-muscle invasive bladder cancer. So what the doctor's talking about when bladder cancer advances, that's if it's gone through the wall and out the other side into the organs. Mine, fortunately enough, was still in the wall of the bladder. And so I had those two tumors removed. And uh, I then took uh, 18 treatments of what's called BCG. Uh, which is a common immunotherapy that's been used for, oh, doctor, probably up to 40 years now, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've uh, now completed those 18 treatments, and uh, May 18th, I'm back in, fingers crossed, legs crossed. (laughs) (laughs) And did you have blood in your urine? I did not have blood in my urine, um, which uh, we know is uh, obviously, uh, uh, you know, a significant uh, symptom to be aware of. But you were responding to a different kind of symptom. You were feeling lower back pain. Correct. It was actually up in upper left back. And interestingly enough, when I spoke with my doctor afterwards, he said, well, you've got a tumor that's near the ureter. So probably what's happening is that, you know, through the nerves uh, up the ureter, that's what's uh, presenting now as upper left back pain. So uh, fascinating that I got to it early and, uh, and, and you know, dealt with it. Dr. Sridhar, uh, how, what percentage of patients will see blood in their urine as the main symptom of bladder cancer? Yeah, I'd say probably about 80% of patients will see blood in their urine as an early symptom of of bladder cancer. A couple important points to note. Uh, In women, we know sometimes the diagnosis can be delayed because when women see blood in their urine, it may be attributed to other things like their monthly cycle or perhaps a urinary tract infection. So it's important for women to know that if they're having ongoing symptoms or ongoing blood, that they, they should see their doctor and perhaps even ask for a referral to a urologist for for further assessment uh, if it continues. Other common symptoms include increased frequency and urgency of urination, trouble urinating, or a burning sensation or pain during urination. We also, doctor, uh, the work we do at bladdercancercanada.org will often remind people that 
one occurrence of blood in the urine may be enough. Uh, Oftentimes people may dismiss blood in the urine. Well, it happened once or it happened twice, but I haven't seen it in a while, so they just ignore it. Mm -hmm. And in fact, we we do encourage people, if they've ever seen blood in the urine, that it's it's a good time to visit their doctor. And doctor, what do you say to women? Because it is the 12th most common cancer in women in Canada, and yet it's the fourth most common in men. So it's not if a woman has blood in her urine and she goes to her doctor, the doctor may not always be receptive to the idea that it is or could be bladder cancer. How forceful should you be with your doctor uh, to go and see a urologist? Yeah, I mean, like, I think like in any situation, it's a fairly collaborative relationship that that one would have. And I think if initially, you know, urinary tract infections are common. Um, And I I think if if you follow a treatment course and then it's not working, that's really, I think, where the discussions begin. I mean, I think if, if, you know, everybody with urinary tract infection um, um, were to be uh, thinking they have bladder cancer. I don't think that's correct, but I think that um, it's that ongoing assessment of what's happening. You know, if things aren't getting better, make sure you go and speak to your doctor. And you don't always see blood with a urinary tract infection anyway, right? Right, exactly. Right. exactly. So it's a question of just being aware and being assessed. I think that's really the big message. We have some calls on the line for both of you. Ferg Devins from Bladder Cancer Canada and Dr. Srikala Sridhar, a medical oncologist at Princess Margaret Cancer Centre. Again, the number is 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. Sir Jeep in Toronto, go ahead. You have a question? Good afternoon, Dr. Freda. Hi. How are you? Not too bad, ma'am. I recently read up on something regarding uh, radical immune therapy. Does that work? Has it really been proven yet? Well, I think that's what the doctor was referencing right at the beginning of our conversation, but maybe you've just tuned in. Uh, doctor, can you talk about the immunotherapy again? And, and Sergeep, I'm going to let you go because the line's not sure. that great. Thank you. Okay. Yes, for sure. So we've used a type of immunotherapy called BCG, which we heard about earlier, for a long time in the treatment of bladder cancer that had not invaded into the muscular wall of the bladder. We are now talking about a different type of immunotherapy. Um, And this type of immunotherapy has been evaluated in patients with very advanced disease. And in the setting of advanced disease, it is showing very encouraging results. And at the same time, it's proving to be a tolerable treatment. So although, as we said, it's not yet a cure, that's the setting in which it's been evaluated so far. And like anything in cancer, if it works in late-stage disease, there's the thinking that, well, could we move this up? And those trials are currently ongoing. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. We're talking about Bladder Cancer Awareness Month and the fact that 8,700 Canadians are diagnosed with this disease every year in this country. But despite the fact it is the fifth most common cancer, it's also one of the least funded cancers. Uh, the people at Bladder Cancer Canada, including myself, are trying to change that. In the studio with me is Ferg Devins from Bladder Cancer Canada. He's also a survivor of the disease. And on the line with us is oncologist Dr. Srikala Sridhar. And your phone calls, if you have any phone calls for the doctor or for Ferg, 
about bladder cancer, about treatment, about recovery. Any and all calls are welcome. 416-360-0740. 1-866-744-740. That is our toll-free number. Let's go to Sally Ann in Georgetown. Hi, Sally Ann. Go ahead. Yes, I went to ask the doctor if um, bladder cancer occurs in people that are non-smokers. I have been told repeatedly that, that bladder cancer only comes to smokers. Is that a fact or is it just a little thing uh, uh, that people believe in? Right. Is it a myth? Right. So it's a good question. I mean, I think the biggest risk factor for bladder cancer is smoking, and I don't know that that message is out there as much as it should be, but there are a portion of patients in my practice who are non-smokers who also develop and can develop uh, bladder cancer, and that's an area of research to understand what are the risk factors for developing this disease, and why do some non-smokers get this disease as well? Yes, my mom was a non-smoker doctor, um, Mm -hmm. and, and in fact, she didn't there were she didn't have any of the risk factors for bladder cancer exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah and that's why her gp wasn't uh didn't flag blood in the urine when it was initially showing up thinking instead it was an infection and that antibiotics would be the remedy over and over and over yeah right right Right. So it's, it's, it's an important thing that we just have to keep in our mind that smokers are the most at risk or even former smokers, but non-smokers can also develop this disease. Sally Ann, any other questions? No, I just wanted to verify that. Okay. And, um, my, my doctor really was unsure of whether non-smokers got it as well. Okay. And I quit smoking in 1970. Oh, good, good for you. you. There was a surgeon there. And I had a I had cystitis. I had a bladder infection at the time, and he got said that non-smokers could not get bladder cancer. And I thought that's it. That was my last cigarette. Okay, good. Well, I was terrified by the by the fact that I had several cases of cystitis over a period of my teen years and early early um, marriage. And uh, so that was enough for me. <laughs> oh, good for you. Well, here you are 47 years later. Thanks, Sally Ann. Okay, thank you. Good to talk to you. Um, Ferg, let's talk about bladder cancer awareness because that is the month that we are in. And um, what's being done this month to raise consciousness about bladder cancer and, and research and treatment? Well, Bladder Cancer Canada as an organization, we're, we're a volunteer, a patient-based organization, really. We're, everyone around the table is a survivor except one fellow that works on a lot of our, our advertising support and and generating awareness. We know there are 80,000 patients out there in Canada, and there'll be close to 9,000 diagnosed this year. We also know that we are reaching about 4,000 people. So we've got a long way to go with respect to providing support. Now, why do we want to provide support? We are not providing medical advice. That's up to the doctor uh, and her colleagues, but we are there for patient support. You know, sometimes called a below-the-belt bladder or below-the-belt disease, people don't like to talk about it. And so we encourage people to join uh, us at bladdercancercanada.org in our discussion forum. We have a Facebook page, Bladder Cancer Canada. We have 20 pages across the country in all of our walk communities, and we're on Twitter. 
We also have a YouTube channel, and there's lots of resources there uh, for people to to check out what more they can learn about bladder cancer or facing bladder cancer. And I think it's just that reassurance and being part of a community that helps make a difference in your morale. Uh, last week, I emceed uh, a patient event in Hamilton for Bladder Cancer Canada, and everybody who came out, as far as I, I could see in the audience, they were husbands and wives. Either the husband had bladder cancer, has bladder cancer, or the woman had had or has bladder cancer, and they're out there supporting each other and finding out how and, you know, getting as much information they can about the disease and what they can do for their own health. Well, it really is about patients and their support network. And I was on, I was on uh, Facebook back and forth with a woman yesterday who her husband is dealing with it. And, you know, he's, he's taking his BCG now. And so, you know, she was asking me about my experience with BCG treatments. It's that kind of patient-to-patient conversation that you can have and what you experience. Now, every patient's experience may be very different than the next, but in discussing what's happened to you and how you dealt with it and what you went through, I think it's a comforting resource, and certainly that is a big uh, part of our mandate at Bladder Cancer Canada. We're there for patients and their supporters, we're there to raise awareness, and we're there to fund research for the great doctors. Dr. Uh, Sridhar, how does Bladder Cancer Canada, how does this organization help you as an oncologist? Yeah, so I think A big part of it is really providing some support for our patients because we know that they go through a lot when they go through treatment. So having someone to talk to, someone who may have had a similar experience, I think it's really important and helps them to to get through the treatment and even understand this because I think when patients are diagnosed, it's a whole new language. So there's a lot of words and terms they may not understand. And So having a group that they can go to or discuss with, I think, is, is really helpful. That's one thing. I think the other thing that I have to stress, especially as we've just you know, have this new drug available is the importance of clinical trials. And it's, it's participation in these trials, being involved, is, is what has really led to us having these treatments and perhaps having more treatments coming in the future. So I think organizations like Bladder Cancer Canada can also help uh, in those discussions. And I think that is critical uh, in, in this disease. And, and Ferg, you want to point people towards the Bladder Cancer Canada website. Yes, so, so Bladder Cancer Canada Awareness Month, um, our campaign headline is really hashtag yellow helps. For those of you that are on social networks, please use the hashtag yellow helps, hashtag bladder cancer. Um, all of the information is at bladdercancercanada.org. That's www.bladdercancercanada.org. What does the yellow helps mean? So we last year we had a campaign that was all about show yellow. We were encouraging people to wear yellow in support of bladder cancer. Because that's healthy urine, right? right? right. Healthy and, urine. The, yeah. the color yellow means your urine is the right color. So uh, you'll see our lemon campaign and see red, see your doctor, and where you see a red lemon show up. You don't want it to be red. You want it to be yellow. So we, th- we were trying to think creatively, and Elixir Marketing that has been tremendous in supporting us came up uh, after a brainstorming session with Yellow Helps. So yellow, the right color of urine, Yellow Helps represents what Bladder Cancer Canada can do in helping our patient community across Canada. So that hashtag, and I see it is now trending as of a couple of days ago because yes. it is Bladder Cancer Awareness Month. Yes. Hashtag Yellow Helps. Check that out on Twitter and on Facebook to see how 
Bladder Cancer Canada has helped other people, patients, caregivers of patients. Absolutely, and there's lots of opportunity for conversation there or join one of our discussion forums at bladdercancercanada.org. We want to get in the conversation about bladder cancer. We were, we're there to help people. We're there to generate information. And uh, as I say, in many instances, it might be referring them back to their doctor. We're there as a patient, uh, peer support team to help them along their journey with bladder cancer. Let's get back to the calls. 416-360-0740. Toll free, 1-866-744-740. Steve and Vaughn, hi. You're next on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon. I just have a quest, quick question for the doctor, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Uh, I'd like to find out uh, thickening of the bladder walls. Is, is that a concern or not? Good question. Thickening of the bladder wall is always a bit tricky because we don't know if it's just from inflammation or if it's something more concerning. So it's something that I usually recommend patients discuss with their urologist. Uh, they probably need to have a cystoscopy and be, be assessed um, unless there's some other reason why they may have had an infection. But it's a good thing to follow up with your doctor about thickening. It can represent a couple of different possibilities. How do you right. know that you have a thickening of the bladder? wall, doctor? Um, usually it's picked up on a CT scan. When we do scans, we can see the, the wall is thicker, but like anything, the scan doesn't see actually into what it is. We don't know if it's normal tissue or we don't know if it's abnormal tissue, and that's where further follow-up is usually required. Steve, any other questions? No, that's it. Thank you okay. very much for your help. Thank, Thank you, you for all. calling in. Thanks for All calling right, into Zoomer Radio. Bladder Cancer Awareness Month and uh, one of the biggest fundraisers for this underfunded cancers. Uh, the biggest fundraiser is the Bladder Cancer Awareness Walk, which takes place in communities right across the country in the month of September, Ferg. Right, and as part of Bladder Cancer Awareness Month, we're delighted that our walk website is up and running. So you can register, you can volunteer or donate or join a community at bccwalk.ca. That's uh, www bccwalk.ca. We're in 20 communities across the country. We raised over $600,000 last year, and we have a goal this year of 650000 We want to support more research for our doctors out there in well, our community. I tell you, uh, this will be my third year captaining a team for the Bladder Cancer Awareness Walk here in Toronto. Uh, and just my little team Thanks to Zoomer Radio listeners and their generosity. Two years ago, we raised $5,000 with your help. Last year, $6,500. And I'm That's just awesome. deciding on what to put our team goal at this year. I'm thinking 7000 Oh, we're going to bump you up, Jane. We're going to bump you up. Well, very exciting this year as well. You know, we had the Toronto Walk for a number of years being the first walk. Uh, we added Mississauga uh, last year. And we now have Brampton coming on board and Hanover up in Grey Bruce. So if there's listeners out there that are interested in running an event, running, in a walk, running a walk, uh, getting involved with bladdercancercanada.org, please let us know. You can contact us through the website. And, and just to follow up here with Dr. Sridhar as we talk about, because obviously curing bladder cancer is the end goal, and there have been some advancements, as you told us about this, this new treatment for metastatic bladder cancer. Um, what, is, what is in the pipeline right now, doctor, and if, for treatment of this disease? Yeah. 
So one of the things, of course, and, and there, there are a lot of trials ongoing right now with this new uh, area of immunotherapy is looking at the, evaluating these drugs earlier in the disease course. They're also looking at combination treatments where we may combine the immunotherapy and chemotherapy or immunotherapy and radiation or even different types of immunotherapy um, can be combined. Outside of treatment, there's also uh, imaging type, like where we're looking at doing different types of scans to better understand where the disease is. So there's trials along those lines as well. And of course, in the area of early diagnosis, that's, you know, we're trying to put some emphasis on that as well. So we can find patients who have disease in early, at earlier stages. So there's a lot of research going on across the spectrum of disease. So you're walking and, and, and people getting involved is really critical to help that research move forward. Ferg, in terms of your own health, uh, you're, you're doing well. You said you were going back in for another appointment this month. Are you living your life any differently as a result of uh, having survived bladder cancer? Well, it's interesting. I must say, um, using the washroom before we came into the studio, you you certainly look at your urine every time you go to the bathroom. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I would say, you know, uh, good advice that people give me. You've got to live your life. You've got to get on with it. I mean, I have taken a very active role as a volunteer with Bladder Cancer Canada. I'm delighted to join the team there. We've got a wonderful group of volunteers, such as yourself, Jane, that uh, volunteer with us across the country. That, to me, uh, helps enrich in my life to help make a difference because Bladder Cancer Canada made a difference in my life, and I want to help a difference in the lives of those 80,000 patients that are out there across Canada. BladderCancerCanada.org. Ferg and Dr. Sridhar, thank you both for your time. Thank you. Don't forget, hashtag yellow helps. Thank you for having me. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.